Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 4 of the Rise of Dragons podcast. My name is Robert Blanchard, but my friends call me Bobby, and I am a very tired Bobby this week. <laughs> uh, I worked six shifts in five days, which is one day and two more shifts than I'm used to working. So, you know, people got sick, other people couldn't come in. Um, some people just can't work certain shifts, so my manager and I basically muscled our way through the week, and uh, we're both pretty exhausted, but this is my second day off, so um, doing a little bit better right now, and I'm ready to talk to you guys about two different characters in the Roar of, Dragons, Roar of a Dragon series. Excuse me. Uh, originally, I had planned to do an episode on just Iskandor, the dragon, who is the very close comrade of Aiden of Delmar. But I really kind of realized that there's really not much I can say about him. Because I haven't written very much about him. He's a he's a stoic, unyielding presence. And his, uh, his importance to the books are immeasurable. He's one of Aiden's closest confidants. But in terms of his background, in terms of what motivates him and things like that, uh, there's only so much I can talk about, really. So um, I paired him up with Derek, and there's plenty to talk about with Derek. So <laughs> Derek, as I've said before, is one of the more popular characters of the series. So being able to talk about him, I think, will be a great deal of fun. But as I said, uh, we will start off with Iskandor. Uh, Iskandor is a blue dragon, and in the time that Aiden is still alive, he is a baby. And um, I think one thing I can reveal for my ideas for the next series is that, and it's already been revealed a little bit in the series itself, but Iskandor has been ostracized from the dragon community for whatever reason. Which, you know, one of the big questions is why was Iskandor in Delmar, which is an anti-dragon territory, at the time that Aiden was dying or getting killed or whatever. And once again, as always, I will inform you all, anyone who is listening, that there will be minor to moderate spoilers in these episodes. Uh, just enough for me to you know, give you a clue about who these characters are and why you should care, hopefully. But <laughs> So Iskandor, when we first meet him in the books, uh, is a baby dragon, as we said. And he's being tormented by Aiden's arch-nemesis, Norvin. And two other knights who are accompanying him. And Iskandor is about the size of a baby cow, I would say. And at this point, Aiden is high on life right now. His dream, as we have said before, is to be a knight of Delmar. You know, in 
uh, a knight of the white army and uh, he just he happens to be riding around the countryside and he hears these animalistic screams of pain and he really doesn't know what to think of first but he goes and explores it and he sees that Norvin and his two cohorts are tormenting this baby dragon and as I have said before Delmar is a anti-dragon territory uh, stemming from the fact that um, centuries and centuries before the country had been attacked by two red dragons and a black dragon and ever since that time dragons were just not allowed across borders I should probably explain uh, dragon favoring countries and anti-dragon territories a little bit uh, each country has their own reasons but uh, anti-dragon territories tend to be more heavily equipped to battle dragons. You know, they have dragon slaying equipment on their, you know, castle walls or, you know, wherever it may be. And, uh, dragon-friendly countries, you know, obviously are welcoming the dragons. But dragons really aren't prevalent in the world at this time. Which makes Aiden, you know, seeing Iskandor all that more shocking. Uh, Aiden is is obviously aware of the beliefs of his country and he has read a little bit in his uncle's library about the history of dragons and you know why people love dragons so much why people hate dragons so much but Aiden comes to the aid of this baby dragon and he tries to tell Norvin to go away Norvin obviously won't oblige uh, they have a bit of a fight and it's a fight where Norvin has his weapon drawn which is illegal also in Delmar but Aiden does not have his weapon drawn, and Aiden outclasses Norvin anyway, and beats him, and basically sends them packing, but by the time Aiden gets back to the castle, Norvin has spun his story, and the story is that Aiden saved a baby dragon, which is not untrue, but Norvin also turns around and says, you know... <clears throat> Aiden drew his weapon on me, and this and that, and, you know, obviously, that is not true. King Balladeer is under pressure from the council in Delmar. I, I guess you could call them a senate, but he's under pressure because he has no queen, and in order for the royal line to continue, there has to be a successor, and there isn't one yet. Uh, Balladeer, as I said before, is still very young, but still, the council is kind of pushing him to do this, and there's also... Been, been some political maneuvering on Norvin's part, and uh, the council is not terribly happy with Balladeer seemingly favoring Garadin and Aiden, among others, in decisions being made and things like that. So basically, at this point, Balladeer feels like he has no, no alternative other than to banish Aiden and exile him, because he's under so much pressure, and... The thing that Aiden is accused of doing, helping a baby dragon, is paramount to high treason. My guess is that he could have just had him executed right on the spot, but obviously that's not what Balladeer wanted. So he opted for the exile. And Aiden's heart is shattered by this because he feels betrayed. He feels betrayed by Balladeer. He feels betrayed by, you know, the other members of the government. And Nor Norvin, you know trying to be helpful, quote-unquote, volunteers to carry out the exile on Aiden. 
I think um, Aiden has a pretty good idea of what's going to happen at this point. But anyway, fast forward a little bit. Norvin has brought Aiden to the edges of the country. He gives him a little speech and then he stabs Aiden in the stomach. I believe a small... I'm so sorry. I, I really haven't read the book in quite a while. Um, and I have no notes in front of me or anything like that. But after that, you know, what I talked about in the first episode, I had a week to put together the book and... It was just day and night of going over the book over and over and over again. And, you know, I've read passages of it over the years, but uh, I really haven't read the whole thing uh, front to cover, front to back. But I believe a bit of a scuffle ensues, but Aiden is dying and he kind of collapses to the ground, but he sees kind of a soft glowing white light and he sees a little boy and his first instinct is, I have to save this this boy. You know, he's going to get killed by these knights. But Aiden doesn't have the strength, and he collapses on the ground, and the last thing he hears is the roar of a dragon. Fast forward 3,000 years later, and Aiden wakes up, and his appearance has drastically changed. And he has white eyes and long, stringy black hair. And he also seems to have magical powers that he did not have before. And, quite frankly, he detests, because he's a warrior, and warriors detest magic for the most part. But, he is astonished to find that he is being watched over by the very same dragon that he helped 3,000 years prior, now full-grown, and Iskandor has been watching over Aiden's body in a cave for 3,000 years. Actually, it's revealed later that Iskandor actually saved Aiden's life. Iskandor brought... Aiden to an elder dragon and the elder dragon uh, gave him some kind of life force or some such thing but it caused Aiden to be asleep for th- or 3,000 years and uh, I believe Iskandor reveals that the dragon was mad as well but you know, I think that has yet to be determined the world that Aiden has woken up to has been overrun by evil and it started in Delmar not long after his death so that becomes the main quest as far as Iskandor and Timor, who joins them very shortly after this, to travel back to Aiden's time and stop this evil for, from ever happening because civil, civilization has basically been decimated um, over the course of 3,000 years by Sirak and the Therlor. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the main part of Iskandor's story from that point on. Now, Derek, on the other hand... Uh, Derek, as I have described him before, is a very happy-go-lucky, big, strong, charming man. And uh, he's very popular around Delmar. He grew up with an alcoholic father. And uh, he and his mother and sister really had the struggle struggle to survive because their father was just not there for them. And in a lot of cases made things worse with his alcoholism and abusiveness and so on and so forth. Derek's humor comes as a defense mechanism from all those times that um, all those bad times he had as a child and you know he used humor to defend himself but you know protect himself basically but he also used it to try and keep his mother and sister smiling and happy as much as possible because their overall life was just miserable so uh, Derek's just doing whatever he can to make sure that they're still moving forward and still somewhat upbeat. 
Uh, later on, Derek actually joins the White Army of Delmar as a as a means of having a steady income for his mom and his sister. And uh, their father has long since been kicked out by Derek himself. So yeah, Derek is basically doing what he does to keep his family afloat. And that's his main purpose in life. They're the most important people to him. And he's doing whatever he possibly can to take care of them. And along the way, he meets Aiden. And over the time, the two become as close as brothers. Aiden is basically welcomed into the family as one of their own. Derek is also very close with Sir Garadin, the general of the White Army of Delmar. And he's also pretty fond, or is well liked by, King Balladier himself, who they're around the same age, and I think Balladier just enjoys Derek's goofy sense of humor. In fact, at one point in the book, Aiden is astonished at how Derek is talking to Balladier, but Balladier just chuckles and, you know, basically waves it off because... They're pretty good friends, and that's a uh, that's another sticking point of you know the political machinations that are going on over there, uh, involving Norvin and the council's uh, disappointment with King Balladier. Now, at the end of the second book, Derek will lose someone very, very close to him, and it changes him completely. You know, in book three, we see a very different Derek who has been overwhelmed by his monsters and his demons that, you know, are trying to drag him down. I mean, it even gets to the point where Aiden doesn't really recognize him anymore. And, uh, you know, that's a very difficult, very emotional thing that happens in the third book. These two that were, you know, they basically considered each other brothers and now they're just about ready to go to blows with each other. And uh, it's it's a very difficult thing for all of them to take. To, all of them to take, I think, easy for me to say. I have spoken in previous episodes about Derek being probably my favorite character in the whole book, just from a writing standpoint. Because there were there were many, many, many times where I was stuck on a scene and I didn't know where to go next, and I'm just trying to think of dialogue and the scene itself and all that. But Derek would be in the scene and. I would just have him say something stupid and then boom, it just all came flowing right back out of me again, you know, and then I was off and running with the writing again. So Derek is a very, very important character and, uh, you know, the people I have, who I've talked to that have read the books, they love Derek and they don't want anything to happen to him. Um, I don't think my dad read very much of the books. I think I gave him pieces of the manuscript as I was writing it or whatever. But uh, I do remember one time after I had given him a section to read, he came back and he's like, whatever you do, don't kill Derek. <laughs> so he was very fond of Derek as everyone else was. And um, if you haven't read the books and you do, I think you will be too. As I have written this series and I look ahead to the next series. And I think one thing I really learned from the third book is that Derek is a much more complex character than he was originally conceived to be. And I, I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to exploring more of what makes Derek tick and seeing what things can, you know, what he will do in those situations, you know, those difficult situations and how he will overcome them. Uh, he struggled to recover from the last one, but 
you know, I guess we'll have to see what happens if something else happens to him. So that's it. I hope you guys really enjoyed this uh, special double episode. Uh, I could probably go into greater detail on both characters, but quite frankly, I'm just, I'm freaking tired, man. <laughs> it's late at night when I'm recording this, and it's about time to go to bed, and I'm going to have to get up and bring Aiden to school in the morning, so. You know, but I think that's just enough. I think what I gave you is just enough. If you haven't read the books and you're thinking about it, to maybe give it a go. I, um, I think you'll like it, especially if you, you know, if you like Lord of the Rings, you know, fantasy type stuff. You know, um, these books may be for you. I mean, readersfavorite.com said that its intensity rivals that of the Game of Thrones series, so I can't, <laughs> I can't think of a better compliment than that. You can follow the Rise of Dragons podcast at riseofdragonspodcast.com. If you're thinking about ordering the books, you can head over to robertblanchardbooks.com. You can read the first three chapters of every book there for free. They're up there for free for you to read. So you can check it out and decide whether you want to buy or not. If you like silly and goofy stuff, you can check out my YouTube channel at Bobby's World 2110. Uh, a brand new Bobby's World Hunger Games came out this week, and I think it's one of the best I've ever done. And I've gotten some pretty good feedback on that. So uh, you can go ahead and check that out. That came out Thursday night, I think. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby's World 2110. Uh, there are Facebook pages for both the YouTube channel and the author page, Robert Blanchard. Each of the books have their own pages as well, so if you feel like giving those a like, I think that would be amazing. And I think that's about it. I hope you guys have a fantastic week, and I will see you back here next week with more, hopefully, more entertaining content. <laughs> uh, until then, be well, stay safe, and I hope you guys have a great week. Take care, guys.